global inflation connecting the dots most developed economies are coming out of lockdown imposed in the aftermath of the second wave of COVID-19. A majority of their population has been vaccinated and the economy is ripe for some heated action. Well, perhaps, not so much as the inflation has started registering its mark across the budgeted daily needs of the consumers. It's all across the board. The prices of most items from food, vegetables, fruits, poultry, meat, fish, coffee, etc., to gasoline, automobile, paper, lumber, home appliances, palm oil, among others have witnessed at least a single-digit percentage increase. The prices had been increasing over the past couple of quarters but it's only now that there is a sudden spike in the official inflation metrics. Putting things into perspective as per the data released by the U.S. Bureau of Labor Statistics for April 2021, the headline inflation in the USA jumped 0.8% on a monthly basis while the core inflation rose 0.9%. These figures may not seem significant on an ad hoc basis. But, when put into historical context, this is the highest monthly increase in headline inflation since September 2009 and the highest monthly increase in core inflation since 1981. Quite astonishing, isn't it? The Producer Price Index, PPI, which is indicative of the price companies pay to producers, stood at 6.2% in April 2021. This the largest increase since U.S. Labor Bureau started tracking it in 2010. Similar events are being witnessed across several key economies including those in Europe, UK, and China. The PPI in China increased to 6.8% in April 2021. This is the highest CPI rate since October 2017. Some fraction of the jump in global inflation levels can be attributed to base effects as the inflation was hovering on the lower end of the price spectrum, for most goods, on the back of COVID-19 lockdown. But, there's more to this than meets the eye. Key contributor, S, to inflated prices let deep dive into the basics, shall we? The price level of goods is determined by the equilibrium of supply and demand macroeconomics 101. The price of goods increases if either the supply of goods decreases or if the demand for goods increases. Well, this time around, we are witnessing both the effects the supply is relatively lower and the demand is relatively higher and increasing further. The supply side equation seems to be affected by a set of a long chain of events that unfolded over the past year. Let's eat the frog first. Supply side disruptions metals, home appliances, electronic gadgets, coffee, wheat, soybeans, lumber, cars, plastic, cardboard, edible oil, and fat somehow the world seems to be running low on all of these at the moment. Let's rewind a little bit and look at the key events which unfolded last year. In the spring of 2020, the U.S. automobile industry, in the aftermath of COVID-19 lockdown, was forced to shut down its production temporarily. Not anticipating the automobile demand to pick up soon, major automobile firms such as GM, Ford, Volkswagen, among others, cancelled all their orders for semiconductor chips that are used in car electronics systems. Accordingly, the automobile chip suppliers, one of the biggest one being Taiwan Semiconductor Manufacturing Corp, TSMC, with almost 80% market share, 
shifted their focus towards supplying the components for electric gadgets including laptops, smartphone, tablets, among others, owing to their increased demand during lockdown period as more people started working from home. They ordered better desktops-slash-laptops with bigger displays, gaming consoles, air fryers, televisions, among others, for better remote working and making the home stay more palatable. Shortage of semiconductors impacting several industries as the effects of the first wave of COVID-19 subsided during Q3 2020 and the major economies started opening up, the demand for cars bounced back more than what the automobile manufacturers were anticipating. To meet the increased demand, the manufacturers again went back to their chip suppliers. However, the chip manufacturers could not realign their production lines which were being used for catering to the need of consumer electronics companies. Any realignment of production lines by chip manufacturers usually takes a couple of months and is cost-intensive. The chip industry itself is constrained due to fragile unit economics fraught with high risks and any competitive lag usually proves brutal for the business in most cases. Consequently, it is expected that the production of 1.3 million cars-slash-vans will be impacted in Q1 2021 due to a shortage of semiconductor chips, as per IHS market estimates. Ford Motors has already lowered its estimated output by 1.1 million vehicles in 2021. Further, supply disruptions due to a reported fire incident at Renesis Electronics, key supplier to Toyota, Nissan, and Ford, fabrication plant in Japan in March 2021 and severe winter weather in Texas may further add to the woes of several industries in catching up to the increasing demand. So, the automobile industry was blindsided and got its forecasting wrong which may cost the industry a whopping $110 billion US dollars in 2021. Well, the semiconductors shortage didn't remain in the automobile sector alone. The other industries heavily dependent on IC chips, including consumer electronics, electronic gadgets, home appliances, among others, witnessed a sort of spillover effect of the untimely unavailability of semiconductor chips. Such industries are still finding it difficult to meet the increased demand which far exceeds the present supply. In April 2021, Apple Inc. stated that the company will incur a cost of $3.4 billion in Q3 2021 due to global component shortage as the firm may not be able to meet the increased demand for MacBook and iPad. The other global consumer electronics giants like Samsung, Sony, and Xiaomi have jacked up the prices on several of their products. Several major home appliances firms such as Media Group and Whirlpool have reinstated that the inventory levels are pretty lean and the prices are set to increase further on the back of the shortfall in supply. The problem faced by industry incumbents has been further exacerbated due to mishaps reported in a couple of major glass production sites of Nippon Electric, in December 2020, and AGC Korea, in January 2021. But, there's more all these industries automobiles, electronics, appliances, etc. require metals making up for the final products. Bottlenecks in metals and commodities space metals such as steel, cobalt, copper, among others, constitute some of the most crucial components in a multitude of downstream goods-slash-products. Over the past decade, the mining industry had been reluctant to increase capacity as the returns weren't favorable due to low commodity prices. However, 
limited capacity expansions in the decade foregone and pandemic-related mine closures across metal-producing economies over the past year have severely disrupted the metal supply. For instance, copper production fell 5% in Chile, the world's largest copper producer, and 13% in Peru during the past year due to mine closures. Industry experts estimate that mine closures dented the copper supply by 500,000 tons in 2020. The prices of iron ore, steel, aluminum, and other base metals in China have reached decade-high levels. The country accounts for almost half of the world's steel production with an estimated annual capacity of 1 billion tons. The price surge is majorly due to supply cuts in energy-intensive industries announced by the Ministry of Industry and Information Technology of China as part of its low-carbon policies under the Economic Plan for 2021-25. The country has already closed down 150 million tons of outdated steel capacity as part of the 2016-20 plan, reduced the export rebate to steel firms by 13%, and plans to be carbon neutral by 2060. Steel industry contributes 15% of total carbon emissions in China. It will be immensely difficult for other supply economies, including India, to plug such supply voids. Meanwhile, in the Democratic Republic of Congo, DRC, the base metal supply has been marred with sudden militant raids. The country is one of the key suppliers of cobalt. Similar supply bottlenecks have been observed in other commodity classes as well. Unfavorable weather conditions and sudden demand pullbacks have resulted in stocks of agricultural commodities such as coffee, corn, soy, sugar, tea, wheat, among others, running thin over the past couple of quarters. Lumber reserves are running low as harmful beetle species tarnished Canada forests one of the major lumber sources for U.S. markets. The commodity futures, which are generally dearer for longer maturities, have run into backwardation, the spot price of the underlying commodity is higher futures price, a clear indicator of tight supplies and inventory levels. Amid such supply bottlenecks, capacity constraints, and shortfall in raw materials stock the industries in industrial economies are facing severe delays and prolongated lead times which are further exacerbated due to port congestion, container shortages, and steep freight rates or shipping charges. Maritime supply chain in disarray globally, 80% of all goods consumed are transported through shipping containers. In an era of the global value chain, there are significant trade imbalances among exporting and importing economies one of the significant factors leading to supply chain vulnerabilities disrupting transnational trade. Due to national lockdowns last year, factories-slash-industries were temporarily closed. This was followed by shipping firms cancelling sailing or trimming down on cargo ships to and fro exporting and importing nations which ultimately led to a shortfall in empty containers. The empty containers were not repositioned due to lack of planning and shipping companies were reluctant to load them for sailing back to their place of origin, costly affair. For instance, a net exporting nation, say China, supplies goods in shipping containers to a net importing nation, say the USA. So, net container traffic goes from China to the USA. Upon reaching USA ports, these containers are loaded into container trucks to be transported to different regions. Once the items in the container have been used, those containers are either transported back to inland depots or lie empty and unused at their place of destination.
the container shortage was further exacerbated by the fact that different economies were opening up at different periods. A majority of net exporting Asian economies recovered, goods begin to be exported to net importing economies in North America and Europe which were under lockdown. The exported containers could not be shipped back to their place of origin resulting shortage of empty containers. In addition, substantial procedural delays have been realized by major shipping companies in undertaking port operations as part of adherence to COVID-19 protocols stipulated by government and port authorities. The port operations have further been disrupted due to labor shortages. The ports across key global hubs are getting congested as ships have cancelled sailing and are docked at the ports empty-handed. The above chain of events amid strengthening demand resulted in a sharp increase in freight rates which touched all-time highs levels in late 2020 and early 2021. In several countries, the importers are compelled to pay the complete shipping charges along with the inventory holding cost, working capital cost, of empty containers, particularly for longer maritime routes. Essentially, supply-side inflation is being fueled by a double whammy of capacity constraints and logistics challenges. Global commodity and semiconductor shortages have shot up the prices of consumer durable products, electronic gadgets, foodstuffs, etc. While the surging freight rates have spooked the outlay for businesses and end consumers alike. In such scenarios, the businesses ultimately pass on the price increase to the end consumers and it's happening this time around as well. The more intriguing element is they are able to do so. Why? Because there is ample demand. Demand side pullbacks the price increases resulting from supply bottlenecks and raw material shortages are being absorbed by the economic system, majorly in developed economies, where their respective governments have ensured adequate money supply. Government stimulus this time it's different to alleviate the damage caused due to the pandemic and related lockdown measures and to reboot their respective economies, several governments across the world had been pumping in a huge sum of money into the system since last year in form of relief packages to consumers and businesses. The U.S. government has already injected an enormous stimulus package amount to USD 4.5 billion while the quantitative easing, QE, program run by the Bank of England is expected to reach GBP 900 billion by the end of this year. Such stimulus measures by several central banks have ensured a low interest rate environment across the world and have enabled the national governments to borrow money at cheaper rates. This may seem quite similar to the stimulus package or QE programs rolled out by many central banks on the back of the global economic meltdown in 2008. However, Unlike the current circumstances, the financial markets didn't witness any significant inflation concerns post the QE. There's a remarkable difference this time around. During the global financial crisis, GFC, of 2008, the national governments were in the process of trimming their budgeted outlay to bring down their fiscal deficits and the focus of central banks was inclined towards saving the financial institutions. As such, the monetary policies were geared towards recapitalization of the financial institutions which had massive bad loans, non-performing assets or NPA, on their books. This meant that the majority of the printed money had flown into the banks. The central banks and governments had anticipated that the money flow will eventually trickle down to consumers and businesses through bank credits. However, 
the banks were far more reluctant to disperse the loans and kept a large chunk of the stimulus money as reserve slash provisions. The money supply pumped by the central banks didn't circulate and could not reach the businesses and consumers to the extent planned as per policy. As a result, despite Manifold's increase in the money supply in the system, there was a limited uptick in demand to exert any substantial inflationary pressure in the economy. The financial institutions seem to be in a relatively stable position at the moment, Visavis GFC, with the wherewithal to cushion disproportionately sudden shocks in the credit market with loan moratoriums in place, well, some may find this controversial and may term it as an overstatement, only time will tell. In the present scenario, however, the fiscal policy interventions taken by the national governments across the major economies have put the money in the hands of the consumers. During the lockdown, the U.S. government resorted to directly dispersing the money in the form of check payments to the eligible citizens' markets terming it as helicopter money. With the lockdown imposed, the consumers' spending decreased on several counts as restaurants, pubs, hotels, flights, and tourism activities were closed. With increased savings among the employed workforce and stimulus checks as part of unemployment benefits, the aggregate disposable income in the U.S. has risen to USD 4.2 trillion in March 2021 record high levels, as per the Bureau of Economic Analysis, BEA. This pent-up cash more than not results in demand of disproportionate levels even before supply ramps up to meet it. Major economies reopening with consumers flush with cash with a few major economies including the US, United Kingdom, and Europe vaccinating 40%, with the first dose, and COVID-19 cases subsiding, the authorities have either relaxed the lockdown restrictions or removed the restrictions altogether. Consumer confidence is high at the moment. With economies reopening post-lockdown and with consumers having more money at their disposal, the consumption of almost all categories of items-slash-products surged lately. The sudden jump in demand is not what industries were prepared for. The retail spend across major economies has already surpassed the corresponding pre-pandemic levels observed in late 2019. The post-pandemic demand has far outstripped the supply thus far sending demand shocks across the global supply chain. Unexpected and unintended demand shocks Most businesses neither expected nor are prepared to meet the current positive demand shocks in the post-pandemic circumstances. The industries are clamoring to replenish the inventory of raw materials amid subdued supply and ramping up the production to narrow down the demand supply gap. The abrupt rise in demand has induced trade imbalances and established a global inflationary ecosystem. The prices of agri-commodities such as soybean and corn have almost doubled over the past year as China rebuilds its hog herd severely depleted at the outbreak of African swine fever during 2018-20. Amidst local flu outbursts in some parts, there is a noticeable shift to better pastures. The yearly corn imports have shot up more than three times as the country accounted for 99% of U.S. exports of sorghum crop this year. With increased focus on government-led large development projects to boost the economy, the demand for metals, including steel and copper, has skyrocketed. The prices of iron ore, one of the ingredients for steel, peaked at $230 US per ton in April. The high cost of iron ore is being passed on by the steel mills to their customers worldwide. 
Other economies like the US and Europe have also echoed similar impetus towards large infrastructure projects which have provided a fill-up to construction and real estate industries. In addition, low interest rates environment and burgeoning savings have paved the way for a spurt in housing demand resulting in higher prices of lumber. The global crude oil prices are increasing towards the 65 US dollars per barrel mark as more and more people get vaccinated and going out on personal vehicles after the curbs were lifted across many countries. The energy prices are surging on the back of low base effects. There is unprecedented demand for used cars as new cars aren't that aplenty due to subdued production hit by global semiconductor shortfall. The prices of consumer products in daily use have also increased by at least a single-digit percentage point. Remarkably, the consumption pattern across major economies is firming up and looks set to heat up in the short term as the countries come out of pandemic vaccinated a major section of the population already vaccinated and flush with enough cash at their disposal. Institutional and industry response taking note of the demand supply asymmetry, the governments and corporations alike have taken few short and long-term interventions. Some of the notable steps taken over the past couple of quarters are as documented below. Institutional and regulatory interventions over the past couple of months, several governments and regulatory authorities have come forward to address the supply bottlenecks faced by the industries. The U.S. government intends to infuse USD $2 trillion in the economy in the form of infrastructure projects as part of its efforts to provide a fill-up to the economy. It is gathered from several sources that close to USD $50 billion, almost 25%, will be allocated to the semiconductor industry. Likewise, the European Commission has put forth an ambitious goal of manufacturing 20% of the world's semiconductors, in value terms, in Europe by 2030. The European region currently accounts for 13% of the semiconductor production by value. China, too, is planning to spend on high-tech industries, with a focus on semiconductors, CNBC reported. Our government's response is to grant manufacturers of strategic products $37 billion to increase chip capacity in the United States. Under its K-Semiconductor strategy, South Korea plans to invest USD 450 billion by 2030 to boost chip fabrication capacity. The country also plans to introduce tax SOPs, easier working capital, and infrastructure financing facilities to the sector. China is also expected to tread on similar lines with increasing spending towards the semiconductor industry. On the price management front, lately, China's government has put increased impetus towards reining any arbitrary price surge in commodity space. Few experts believe that the government may relax the supply curbs to cool down steel prices. In addition, the maritime authorities in Europe and North America are taking similar measures to limit any erratic surge in freight rates through stringent monitoring. Capacity enhancements and process modifications apart from national governments and regulatory bodies, Several large corporations have charted their investment plans to increase the capacity within a couple of years to plug the supply gaps. Taiwan's TSMC has announced an investment of USD 3 billion to enhance semiconductor fabrication capacity in its Nanjing plant, in China, by 2022. This is a part of its USD 100 billion investment plan over a period of three years. 
Intel has committed USD 3.5 billion to increase its fabrication capacity in New Mexico. The company is also reportedly looking to divert some of its fabrication capacity to the automobile sector. NVIDIA has reintroduced its older GPUs to cover up the shortfall. Amid container shortages, Alibaba has rolled out an exclusive container booking service for air and sea freight across some 50 countries for better vendor collaboration and supply chain visibility. Several shipping firms have requested their customers for returning the empty containers. Events anticipated taking a clue from the events that unfolded during and in the aftermath of the pandemic over the past year, this section attempts to assimilate the potential impact of the inflationary pressure on the global economic apparatus and further chain of events that may likely transpire over the next few years. Supply snags likely to linger for a while The scars of the supply-side disruptions witnessed due to pandemic lockdown are still prominent in one way or the other. The sudden spike in post-pandemic demand has caught the businesses off the foot. Moreover, businesses across the world are encountering significant challenges to carry out daily activities upon restarting their operations. Thin availability of raw materials amid firm consumer demand has led to enormous competition among firms to jack up the inventories leading to overheated price levels. According to several industry experts and consultancy firms, the shortfall in semiconductors, base metals, glass, agri-commodities, shipping containers, among others, will likely persist till the end of 2021 and may extend to 2022 for few sectors. As per World Bank's Commodity Outlook report, the increase in commodity production of 1.7% will be far lower than the corresponding consumption growth pegged at 4.4%. The inflationary pressure will be visible in many sectors till supply shortages are met. However, even if raw material prices cool down over the next year, businesses will still have to grapple with higher logistics and labor costs. A sustained increase in crude oil prices will drive the haulage costs higher. Already, the freight rates are at record high levels with many firms unable to secure containers for shipment. Strict mandatory adherence to COVID protocols in production facilities is further inducing procedural delays having significant cost implications for the companies. Transitory increments in employment and wages The labor demand has picked up pace as companies restart operations in the post-pandemic period. While although fewer layoffs are being reported, some recent market reports indicate that businesses are increasingly finding it difficult to attract and hire workers. Such dynamics are predominantly visible for small businesses and blue-collar jobs. There is a degree of reluctance among employees in rejoining the workplace in the aftermath of the COVID-19 pandemic. Some level of lethargy among workers in restarting work cannot be completely overruled. Many of those out of work have already been provided enough cash in the form of relief payments by the governments. In the U.S., the National Federation of Independent Business reports that 44% of firms are unable to fill their vacancies. Further, the latest JOLTS data, job openings and labor turnover statistics, recorded 8 million vacancies against 6 million hires a huge shortfall of 2 million workers. While in the United Kingdom, it is estimated that there is roughly 7% reduction in the number of European Union workers on payrolls of companies largely due to the workers returning to their native countries. The daily wages are being increased to attract candidates and fill the vacancies. Also, 
companies are asking employees to commit long hours at work resulting in higher overtime. Indeed, these are cost accretive for the businesses and are likely going to be passed on to the consumers. Although the firms are likely to resort to wage increments for filling the vacancies and retain the staff out of pressing necessity in the current situation, the trend is unlikely to continue once the pent-up demand stabilizes. However, a residual rebalancing is certainly occurring towards hospitality and tourism sectors across major economies coming out of the pandemic. In such a scenario, the unemployment numbers are expected to hold and decline throughout the end of 2021. But, once the pent-up demand fades away and supply bottlenecks start getting sorted across some sectors, it is doubtful whether the higher wages will continue to persist, the current employment figures still haven't reached pre-pandemic levels and remain lower than industry projections. It is also reasonable to presume that given a chance, many businesses will prefer moving to low-cost automation solutions rather than inflating their labor budget on a medium to long-term basis. Course Correction and Government Intervention S, the fiscal spending route adopted by the national governments to support the economies crippled by the pandemic has concocted a perfect recipe for inflationary pressure considering severe supply shortfalls in many sectors. Loose economic policies including QE and huge government borrowings may have unsettling implications for the countries if adverse conditions are allowed to continue unmitigated. The central bank-slash-government committees don't seem to be too perturbed with the rising, official, inflation figures. It conveys the impression that the authorities see ample room for regulatory and control measures to cool down inflation including, but not limited to, fiscal tapering to reduce the money supply increasing taxes, setting price ceilings on products-slash-goods, and strengthening measures to curb hoarding by industry incumbents. However, any such event may put the supply dynamics into sudden disarray along with serious price destabilization. The decision to raise the interest rates by central banks shall vary depending upon the official inflation indices in the countries. Such decisions are more likely to be driven by changes in the consumer price index, CPI. The CPI number, however, depends on the proportion, percent, of price fluctuations across various commodity baskets. As a result, the CPI numbers will differ across various economies, large or small, rich or poor. The governments seem more inclined towards generating maximum employment. The U.S. Fed has indicated that the holdings of Treasury securities are set to increase by USD 80 billion per month and that of mortgage-backed securities by USD 40 million. The U.S. government has already put the proposal for USD 2 trillion stimulus package for the infrastructure sector which includes investment in roads, ports, electric vehicles, semiconductors, among others. Another USD 2 trillion fiscal packages for the education and healthcare sectors are also in the offing. Such large projects are a major contributor to significant inflationary pressure in metals. It is expected that the package proposed by the US government may lead to an additional requirement of 5 million tons of steel in the country. The World Steel Association estimates that the world steel demand will increase by 6% in 2021. The demand for copper, aluminum, cobalt is also expected to skyrocket. And, several experts believe that a supercycle in the metals space is in the cards in the presence of sustained focus towards construction projects.
consumer sentiment bouts of cautious optimism although the governments in major economies have provided sufficient pandemic relief, some level of anxiety and caution is still palpable among a large section of the population. Certain factors including fear of losing their jobs, risks of reinfection, or threat of another wave coming back still seem plausible. The signs of K-shaped recovery are evident with affluent households seeing stable income along with enlarged savings while the households at lower echelons witnessing the lasting impact on income and savings. The older workforce appears to be opting for early retirement and is saving more for their retirement. The younger generation too doesn't look to be inclined to borrow for luxurious products slash goods slash assets such as real estate, automobiles, etc. Such demographics trends will restrain the central bankers to maintain the low interest rate status quo in the current inflationary circumstances. Trade imbalances and economic decoupling The impact of government stimulus in developed countries is being widely felt across all economies. The demand is picking up in developed countries, where a major proportion of the population has already been inoculated with the first dose, while the supply from developing countries is still trembling on the back of lockdowns imposed due to the advent of the second wave of COVID-19. Most Southeast Asian countries have been ravaged by the second wave. In addition, lockdown restrictions have been imposed in major Asian economies including Japan, Singapore, Taiwan, among others. The above trends may further widen the global trade imbalances. Much will depend on vaccine availability and the success of inoculation drives in supplier economies such as Asia, South America, and Africa. The longer the recovery from the pandemic, the longer will the supply glut in the global value chain. This will buoy inflated prices for a lengthier period. In addition to the uneven economic recovery observed, the world's two largest economies seem to chart strikingly different routes in the post-pandemic era. The U.S. has already stretched its sovereign debt to USD 28 trillion raising its money supply by USD 3 trillion over the past year. This has severely dented the strength and confidence in the U.S. dollar. All this while, the Chinese yuan is gaining strength over the past couple of weeks which, in a way, is beneficial for the People's Bank of China as this helps in controlling the imported inflation from the U.S. Nonetheless, the impact of yuan strength will have minimal impact to offset the surge in commodity prices and will discourage exports. The two largest economies also seem to have a divergent stance on administrative and credit-related matters. The Chinese government has committed to keeping the commodity prices in check and has done away with import VAT tax on raw materials. The U.S. government appears to be in a wait-and-watch mode. On the liquidity front, the People's Bank of China is putting its foot off the pedal to slowly reduce liquidity in the system. In contrast, the Fed may allow some of the big U.S. banks to share customer data to extend credit to financially responsible individuals not having any credit scores. There are 50 million individuals without credit scores. The pilot is proposed to be launched in 2021. Moreover, there are noticeable signs of disengagement between the two powerhouses. The market sources suggest that Chinese companies are giving last priority to U.S. firms and are deliberately delaying orders, if not declining altogether. It will not be too surprising to anticipate U.S. companies rushing at least some of their operations in the near term to build future security and mitigate supply chain risks.
potential risks The most pressing risk among all the discussions around inflation is the possibility of it spiraling out of control. The supply of goods and products had already been reeling under pressure since the lockdown imposed in the wake of COVID-19 last year. The supply chain got further disrupted due to the onset of the second wave in the latter half of 2020 and is still continuing in some countries. The government stimulus injected into the system to support the economy since last year has now overheated the global economic apparatus. In addition, the negative real interest rates are choreographing an asset bubble of disproportionate magnitude. The level of global debt in the economic system worldwide will severely constrain the central bankers to raise interest rates in the near future. Not only it will blow sovereign debt levels out of proportion, but also cause unnecessary panic in the financial market and destabilize the economies causing huge shifts in asset class allocations. There is serious cause for concern if the inflationary environment persists throughout the year. It is surely going to hammer down the margin of most of the smaller businesses with relatively lower pricing power and will end up eating much of consumers' pocket. Perhaps, it is time that the national governments put the foot off the paddle and start gradual tapering of the fiscal stimulus to rein in the inflation without harming the growth prospects. Declining margins and industry consolidation Many smaller players with low or minimal bargaining power may not be able to pass on the rising production costs to their customers clients. In addition, any delay in production in anticipation of lower raw material prices would be detrimental to such players. Consequentially, some level of industry consolidation is expected to materialize by the end of 2022, especially in low-margin industries. A lesser amount of competition amid industry consolidation is bound to provide greater pricing power to the surviving players. This may become a common theme across various economies. Opportunistic mindset of business owners Lastly, amidst all contemplations, the opportunistic behavior and mindset of businesses cannot be entirely overlooked while ascertaining the key reasons for elevated prices across different industries. Business owners may tend to hoard certain goods to make profits out of short supply. This may be more prevalent considering that some owners may be inclined to recoup the business lost, in the wake of COVID-19 restrictions and lockdown, through inflated pricing for their goods slash products.